Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here is Father David. Christ is in our midst. He is always Good morning. So as we continue our meditation and study of the Divine Liturgy, I want to begin today with the Gospel reading. Because in the parable of today's Gospel reading, we have an image of the afterlife. Because the rich man is being punished in flame, and there is a gulf between him and Lazarus, who is in the bosom of Abraham. And I want to begin there because as we've discussed in previous weeks, that we are now in a stage within the liturgy where we have entered into the heavenly kingdom. At the small entrance, we pray that the angels enter with us. We sing hymns of the angels as seen by Isaiah in his vision of the throne of God. And now we are hearing the words of the apostles through the epistles, and we now come to the place where we are about to hear the Holy Gospel. In the reading from today's Gospel, the rich man says something very interesting. He tells Abraham to send Lazarus to his uh, relatives so that they see him and know not to follow in his footsteps and avoid the flames and the torture and the suffering that he is going through. And Abraham refuses with these words. If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Let me say that again. If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. And of course, all of the people in this parable are Jews. All of them know the scriptures. And of course, to the Jew, the scriptures are Moses and the prophets. And if you are a Jew, you go to synagogue, you read them, you are taught them from youth. In order to become a Jew, you have to go through the uh, process of learning Hebrew and being able to read from the Torah. So these Men, these people all know Moses and the prophets because they've read them. Yet, Abraham is telling them that they do not know Moses and they do not know the prophets. And this becomes clear as to why with the next prayer that we do in the course of the liturgy. We've just finished the epistle and now the priest does a prayer in preparation for hearing the gospel. Shine in our hearts, O Master, who loves mankind, the pure light of your divine knowledge, and open the eyes of our minds that we may comprehend the proclamations of your Gospels. Instill in us also reverence for your blessed commandments, so that having trampled down all carnal desires, we may lead a spiritual life, both thinking and doing all those things that are pleasing to you. For you, O Christ our God, are the illumination of our souls and bodies, and to you we offer up glory together with your Father, who is without beginning, your all holy, good, and life-creating Spirit, now and forever, into the ages of ages. Amen. Note that opening line. Shine 
in our hearts, O Master who loves mankind, the pure light of your divine knowledge. Note that it isn't saying, shine your light in our brains. Shine our lights into our minds. Shine your light into our intellect or our reason. But shine your light into our hearts. The heart is the seat of what the Greeks call the noose, which is translated as mind into English, but it is not referring to what we normally think of as mind. In the modern world, mind means reason, means the intellect, means that faculty of the human experience that can make observations, objective observations about the world around us. It is the part of the mind that we use when we are dealing with things like science. When we are dealing with the noose, that is referring to a different part of the human mind and experience. That part of the human experience where we see beauty, where we find inspiration, where we find relationships. Beauty is irrational. There is no intellectual, rational reason why we find something beautiful. Either we find it beautiful or we don't. There's no reason. We can rationalize it. We can say, for example, that reminds me of my grandmother. But that's not a rational, intellectual reason. It's not something that's measurable in a scientific fashion. It just is. Everybody has experienced beauty. Everybody has said, boy, that's beautiful. And so therefore, everybody has experienced a part of their mind that is not rational. And it is this part of the mind in which we are asking God to shine his divine knowledge. And the reason for that is because the way that we get to know a person is not by going online to Wikipedia and reading their biography. We can know facts about them, certainly. We can know where they're born, maybe even what their favorite food is, you know, where their parents are from, maybe what religion they're, you know, all this stuff. But we don't know them because we're not in a relationship with them. They're not a friend. They're not somebody we know. And so what we are asking for here is a relationship with God. We are calling down the Holy Spirit to enter into us and show us who God is, to allow us to have divine knowledge, that knowledge of who God is, to enter into a relationship with Him. Now, once this relationship happens, we ask, open the eyes of our mind, that intellectual part of our human experience, that we may comprehend the proclamations of your Gospels. In other words, if we are not in a relationship with God, if we do not have God in our lives, if we are not speaking with Him, getting to know Him, no matter how bright we are, you know, how, many, how many times we read Scripture, no matter if we have memorized the whole thing, we will not comprehend it. The only way to comprehend Scripture is through a relationship with God. And this hails back to what we spoke about last week in the fact that Scripture in its entirety, in every form that we see it, whether in its original language or translated, whether in its original form or redacted, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was involved in that process. 
So reading scripture and understanding scripture, whatever language we read it in, requires a relationship with God, requires the Holy Spirit. And this is why Abraham is able to tell the rich man that his relatives, even though they grew up reading the scriptures, reading Moses and the prophets, will learn nothing, will not comprehend. Even if Christ, the risen Lord, appeared before them himself, they would not understand because they have no relationship with God and they do not comprehend what Moses and the prophets are talking about because Moses and the prophets are speaking about Christ. And unless you understand that and have a relationship with God and comprehend that, through that relationship, the risen Lord could show up in front of you and you would have no idea who that is. Now, the rest of the prayer talks about how we then need to respond to this revelation, need to respond to this understanding, need to respond to this relationship. Instill in us reverence for your blessed commandments. So now that we understand what he wants, we must put them at a high priority within our lives. So that having trampled down all carnal desires, meaning those things that the world wants us to do and what the world wants us to find important, money, power, all that stuff. Basically turn on a television set and witness what the world wants from us. We trample that stuff down and lead a spiritual life, meaning a life full of the Holy Spirit, a life where we allow the Holy Spirit to move through us. Again, that requires a relationship to understand who he is and when he is speaking to us, when he is inspiring us, both thinking and doing all those things that are pleasing to you. So we allow the Holy Spirit to make us see the world through the lens of Christ and to act as if that's the way the world actually is. Christ our God, you are the illumination of our souls and bodies. And to you we offer of glory together with your Father, who is without beginning, and your all holy, good, and life-creating Spirit, now and forever into the ages of ages. And note, we cannot say that without knowing who God is. God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father is without beginning. He is eternal. He has no end. He is unchanging. We have Christ who is the one who illumines us because he is the one who enters into us through Holy Communion. And the life-creating Spirit, the one who God breathed into Adam and Eve in order to be able to give them life. So as we approach life and as we approach the liturgy, and as we approach Scripture. We need to be understanding. We need to understand what it means to be a human being and the fact that the modern world has cut us in half, reduced us, said we are not fully who we are capable of being because the world wants us to limit our experience of the world merely to the intellect, merely to reason. It does not want beauty. It does not want inspiration. It does not want a relationship with the divine. In some cases, it doesn't even want a relationship with other human beings. It's called bigotry, racism, sexism. And if we can understand that there is 
this intellectual part of the mind and this noetic relational part of the mind. It makes it possible then to see that image of Christ in all things. It makes it easier for us to be able to meditate upon Him, to think about Him and about God's commandments and about what He wants from us so that when we actually act, we are acting from the fullness of who we can be, a human being whose mind fully encompasses both the intellect and the noose both reason and inspiration, beauty and relationships. And in this way, that light that Christ illumines us with becomes visible to the world so that that world is not condemned, as this rich man is, to sit in the flames of his own ignorance so that through us, that those who were like the rich men might be able to recognize the risen Lord when he stands in front of them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever, into the ages of ages. Amen.